There are many problems in the modern housing market, but the biggest one for Americans tends to be the price. Prices rose 40% from the start of the pandemic. In the final quarter of 2022, the typical U.S. home sold for a record-shattering $468,000. That's unaffordable for most Americans, leaving them to rent. The housing costs are completely out of line with wages. Some members of Congress believe Wall Street is a part of the problem. What's outrageous is your tax dollars are helping Wall Street buy up single-family homes. You're subsidizing Wall Street. Massive private equity firms like Blackstone and Pradium Partners have backed a relatively new breed of homeowner, the corporation. This growing industry buys or builds single-family homes and then rents them out. We hear from community organizers that are door knocking in certain neighborhoods and are just surprised by how many of the homes on a particular block will be owned by a corporate landlord. Industry advocates say corporate landlords play a critical role in addressing the nationwide housing crisis. What we have in housing in the United States is a chronic shortage since the financial crisis. And so the question really is, how do we fill that gap? Is the answer incentivizing new housing development, new housing investment, new market participation. What's behind the rise of corporate landlords? And how, if at all, will the government regulate them? As of 2023, corporate landlords only command a small portion of the rental housing in this country. The vast majority of all rental units, including apartments, are owned by individual, small-time investors. But there's growing focus on single-family homes, Institutions, large companies, only account for about 1% of all the rental housing in the United States and only about 2% of the single-family rental housing. There's a small but mighty group of companies that lead the industry. So Pretium is the parent company for a company called Progress Residential that owns about 90,000 homes. Uh, they were started by Don Mullen, who came out of Goldman Sachs' mortgage group. Invitation Homes was started by Blackstone, but Blackstone sold their position a long time ago. They own about 80,000 homes. American Homes for Rent, uh, which was started by Wayne Hughes, uh, they own about 60,000 homes. There's a company called Tricon Residential that's out of Canada. And then there's one called Amherst. Those are the big five. In recent years, corporate landlords have been most active in the Sun Belt. In 2021, corporations bought 28% of all the homes sold in Texas. That figure was 19% in Georgia and 16% in Florida. Companies like Pradium and Blackstone target these markets. Blackstone in particular has held large stakes in several companies that dominate the region. Rent hikes for single-family homes in this region have outpaced other parts of the country. Since the onset of the pandemic, rents for a two-bed detached home increased about 43% in Phoenix. They're up 44% in Tampa and 35% in Atlanta. That's compared to 24% nationwide. Experts say that many of the properties bought up by institutional groups were previously owned by people who were destabilized in recent recessions. After the pandemic, people saw the opportunity uh, to go into these uh, lower income neighborhoods, working class neighborhoods, buy up these houses uh, and in communities that the working class can afford. And they're holding these houses, often for years, taking them off the market, making it even harder for young people and working class families to own a house. Companies like Blackstone make serious money from these investments. For example, the company's Real Estate Income Trust delivered an 8.4% return on investment in 2022. 
This in a year when the wider stock market declined nearly 20%. Part of the, the problem with private equity involved in housing is that they're in it for the short term. Their goal is to take a company, um, increase cash flow in order then to sell it or to, to take it public, which they did in the case of Invitation Homes. Unlike, you know, maybe smaller landlords who still are looking to have a profit, maybe in it more for the long term and see it as a long term investment, are more concerned in terms of stability and turn concerned in terms of satisfied tenants and wanting there to be less turnover. With private equity, it's really about kind of maximizing the short term returns. In particular, real estate funds issued by private equity groups can be a useful hedge against inflation, boosting their popularity. Analysts write that by 2030, institutions may own 7.6 million single-family rental homes. That could be more than 40% of the market. But that's a big if. Many real estate experts say the main solution to the problematic housing market is to build fast. In the late 70s, early 80s, the United States routinely generated between three and 400,000 starter homes a year. In 2020, we generated 65,000. So we have a situation now where we're, we're trying to catch up, but we haven't quite gotten there. 15 years ago, lots of homes were coming onto the market. As Wall Street's risky lending led to a crash in the late 2000s, scores of people lost their homes. Roughly 8 million mortgages went into foreclosure between 2007 and 2016. Institutional investors stepped in, buying up homes that were on sale a lot bigger investors started to get into the rental game. They started buying up thousands of these distressed properties. And actually, they really helped to put a floor on home prices because home prices were crashing so hard. There was a decision to subsidize some of these private equity firms to go into the housing market. You could argue that that was needed because the market had been so suppressed. This crash led to the birth of the single-family rental industry. So I, I had a friend of mine who was very well connected. He, he took me all around Washington, D.C., and I just shared what was going on. And then out of that, I, I met with somebody at HUD whose idea was like, why are we going to foreclose on all these people and, drive, and create huge losses for HUD, the Housing and Urban Development, and then provide all sorts of rental assistance to these people who are going to need it? Why don't we just basically keep them in the house, restructure it, maybe say, okay, you're a renter now, not a homeowner, but cause a far less distress. You started to see the emergence of professional management in the single family rental home space. I mean, it was needed maybe for a couple of years, not for a decade where it's lining the pockets of people now uh, on Wall Street. Still, many people say that the institutional investors are providing a quality product to relatively high income individuals they figured out pretty early on like it's pretty hard to be profitable when you're focusing on people who are missing payments all the time and 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 living in 70 year old homes that need a lot of capex so the the wall street group has focused on newer homes and higher paying uh higher income tenants who are more discretionary renters not not out of necessity because that's been a better profit model for them other experts point out that given the supply constraints, there aren't many other options for people on the market. It's almost a captive market, particularly in terms of with, with single family rentals. Um, they've been very explicit about how people are shut out of the, the, the home buying market and are going to be perpetual renters. Renting or buying your home is one of the most consequential financial decisions an individual will make. 
home ownership is the main way in this country that people build wealth. And while in some ways it may not look very different, whether somebody's renting or owning a home, you know, financially, it's very significant both for that individual family and for communities, whether or not they do own the home. That said, not everyone wants to be a homeowner. They want to be able to rent for a little while, potentially move within that neighborhood or move to another state. Moving and flexibility has become a premium to most consumers. So renting is not considered less than buying. It's actually favored by a lot more consumers. Some of this can be observed in this chart. It shows the so-called home ownership premium. The time periods depicted in blue show when renting would be a better deal. That includes most of 2021. In the periods marked red, owning was a better deal. That includes many of the years following the Great Recession. The changes in the home ownership premium are driven by home prices and mortgage rates. Usually the cost to be an owner are a couple hundred dollars a month higher. And especially if you start throwing in maintenance and other things, it's even higher than that. Lots of potential buyers may be waiting for a wider correction in the housing market. Over the last 40 years, the housing cost for the typical home in America compared to the income of the typical home buyer has been running 29 to 30%, whether you look at the median or the average. It has blown out to 42% right now. We have a pretty significant home price decline forecast coming. I've seen anything from really not falling at all this year to dropping back 10, 15%. Now, the thing that is different this time around than during the Great Recession is that supply and demand issue. There's still not enough supply, and that's gonna keep prices inflated. Some experts believe the best way out of this problem is not to limit corporate landlords, but rather to do whatever it takes to build more housing. Some of these big REITs, these uh, landlords, are actually building homes. They're adding to the supply that we desperately need. Experts believe this trend could help, but it needs far more time to prove its value. We can only find 909 actively selling build-to-rent communities. About 10% of the rental home construction in the country right now but 26% of renters rent a single-family home, so it's not even keeping up with the, the pace of rental demand for single-family versus apartment. Some members of Congress believe limiting corporate activity in the housing sector is a good first step. Wall Street is going to buy up a single-family home, and it's vacant for a couple of years. We're going to tax it, forcing these firms to sell that back into the market. What we're saying is don't have private equity buying up single-family homes. That, that's going to mean there are more single-family homes on, on the market. With a split Congress, it would take significant bipartisan efforts to pass. There are some bills in Congress which want to limit the amount of homes that investors can own, and they're unlikely to get through because they're pretty drastic. They're telling investors that they're going to have to only be able to own, in one sense, 100 homes, or they're going to have to pay significant taxes on the others. Now, these institutional investors own thousands of homes. In a statement, Blackstone told CNBC that every home they own could go to a resident who hopes to buy the home later. I mean, we think, frankly, that they just own too many, particularly in terms of the single-family home industry. I think there are ways such as implementing additional taxes on them that would either generate money for affordable housing or encourage them to, to sell off uh, from their portfolio. And we do support rent control, just cause eviction, different conditions in terms of the, uh, to ensure the habitability of a property. On the ground, a litany of states have tried to provide direct relief to tenants through policies like rent control. Groups backed by Blackstone have fought back hard. 
In 2018, the company spent about $7 million to oppose rent control for single-family homes in California, according to researchers at University of California at Berkeley. In a statement to CNBC, a Blackstone spokesperson said the proposition would have exacerbated the state's housing crisis. At the same time, the private equity group has not made meaningful investments in building new single-family homes. There's going to be a bit of distress there, but long-term, this is the first inning. 